Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You arrive home one Tuesday afternoon after a long day of work. As you pull up to your house, you stop at the end of the driveway and step out of your car to check the mailbox. As you sort through the mail, you see the usual stuff, a couple of bills, a few credit card offers, a flyer for the sale at a, at a furniture store down the street. You notice that a lawn care service has placed a flyer in the mailbox without bothering to pay postage, and you roll your eyes at their disrespect for the whole system. But that's when you spot it. Something different. Something special. An oversized envelope with a wax seal on the flap. Heavy paper with the address inscribed in flowing calligraphy. It's stunningly beautiful, exuding luxury and prestige. There's no return address, but you can tell that this is a special invitation. Without waiting to get in the house, you crack the seal and you open the envelope. Inside is an engraved invitation to join the Queen of England for a grand banquet. Your travel arrangements have already been made, all expenses are covered, and you will travel first class to get there. Before you can even consider what you have in the closet for such an event, you note that a gown, shoes, and accessories will all be provided for you. You need only to show up. When you call your boss to see if you can have a few days off, you're stunned to discover that your employer has already been notified and arrangements have been made to cover your responsibilities while you're away for the whole grand affair. Every detail has been attended to. A few hours later, you're on a plane winging your way across the Atlantic Ocean. When you arrive, you're whisked to a luxurious suite where you have a little bit of downtime to prepare for this amazing honor. You're a little unsure, but a quick check of the invitation confirms that yes, that is indeed your name and address on the postage, so it must actually be for you. This is really happening. You shower and dress in the dazzling white gown that has been laid out in your room, and then you follow the instructions that were given, explaining where to find the table. As you enter the room, you are surprised to find that you are not the only guest. The hostess has invited many people from all walks of life, and everyone gathers around the table to take their seats. Small conversations pop up as people get to know one another, and common interests are discovered. There is great joy in the banquet hall. Everyone here admires the queen and is overjoyed to be in her presence. The assembled group is full of kind, loving people, and all are made to feel that they are part of this group. As the night goes on, though, arguments begin to pop up here and there. One person is angry that his neighbor took so much of the gravy for his potatoes. Another pair begins to argue about whether the crystal in use is the best choice for such an event. Someone accidentally steps on another person's toes and a yelling match ensues. One guy in the back has had a little too much wine and proceeds to try and belch out the alphabet, much to the embarrassment of his table mates. Another woman turns to her neighbor at one, to point out someone who is using the wrong fork to consume their salad. As you look around at the gathering, you may begin to wonder if you even belong here. The meal is so sumptuous, the environment is so luxurious, 
You doubt if this could possibly be meant for you. What in the world could you have done to deserve such a gift? How could you ever repay such generosity? Now that you've conjured up that whole scene in your mind, let's shift a few details and tie it into our gospel lesson. The invitation is not from the Queen of England. It is from someone far more important. The invitation you received is actually from the Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, the one by whom all things were made according to our Christian confession. And the venue is not some ritzy palace in Great Britain. Rather, it is in the sanctuary of this very church. The table is no mahogany beauty, but it's the humble rail that stands before our altar. The group of people who have been invited is, well, everyone in your congregation. Fellow members, uh, but also visitors from other congregations and the whole sainted host of heaven and earth who come together for this foretaste of the still greater feast, which is yet to come. We gather together in response to an invitation that Christ himself has extended to the whole Christian church. Return to the table. Return to the fellowship that you are a part of as a member of the body of Christ. Return to the joyous communion that we share with one another. In fact, Christ extends this invitation again and again, week after week, as he draws you to his table to feed you and strengthen you and nourish your faith. You might be thinking, but boy, Pastor, sure would be nice if I could come to the rails once more. Dear brothers and sisters, though this option still eludes some of us, homebound as we are by COVID-19, that invitation continues to be extended to you. Whether it be here at the rails for our 5 p.m. service, whether it be out in the, the parking lot for weekly worship, or whether you call your pastors and have them bring the meal to you, Christ's offer still stands, and guess what? It's very much for you. It is an exceedingly joyous feast, but it doesn't take long to recognize that this great invitation is also marred by our sin. We are the chosen of God, but we also possess a sinful nature that infects everything. We sit at the table with the same people who can't control their kids in worship, the man who smells a little bit funny, the woman who sings off-key, the friend who failed to keep your trusted secret last month and betrayed you to a mutual acquaintance. At times, when you're really examining yourself, you might wonder if you even really should be here. At the Last Supper, Jesus revealed that one of his disciples would betray him, and it rippled through the whole group. Those lingering doubts started creeping in for them as well. Is it I, Lord, each of them asked? Am I that messed up that I would do something like that? You may wonder. You may doubt. But Christ still has drawn you into his house into his banquet hall, just the same. He offers not just a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow and aged wine well-refined. He offers you much more than that. He offers you his own body and his precious blood, 
He offers forgiveness of sins. He offers life and salvation in his holy meal, as Luther explains in his explanation of the sacrament in the small catechism. Where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. And it is on this feast which you sup. This meal takes away your faults. This meal binds you more closely to your brothers and sisters in Christ, even if you are apart. And more importantly, it binds you still closer to your Lord and Savior Jesus. This meal covers your sins. This meal strengthens your faith. This meal nourishes your body to serve God and to serve your neighbor. You belong here because Christ has won your seat at the table. Your baptism is the personalized invitation. Christ's death and resurrection is the wax seal which authenticates it. No one can claim that you do not belong because your seat is guaranteed by Christ himself. He has promised it, and his promises are trustworthy and true. We rejoice in all that Christ gives us in the meal that we will share. We give thanks for his grace that invites us to his table, joins us in fellowship with one another, removes our sins, and strengthens and nourishes us for service in his kingdom. And as amazing as this meal is, never forget, dear brothers and sisters, that this meal is merely a foretaste of what God still has in store for you. This bit of bread and this sip of wine is just a teaser for the sumptuous feast that will one day be shared when all the saints of God come together for the wedding feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Yes, we live in this crazy now-but-not-yet reality. We know that a time when we, will, when we will receive the benefits and the gifts that God has for us will come to fruition. But for today, right now, we come to his table as sinner saints who receive his body and blood given and shed freely for the forgiveness of our sins. We come for a foretaste, knowing that the full banquet is still before us. We, we know that what we experience now cannot hold a candle to what will be on the last day. But still today's gifts sustain us and build up confidence for us in that feast still to come. Therefore, dear saints of the Lord, may you rejoice in the gift of Holy Communion, this gift that we share together in the Holy Christian Church. And may you hold fast to the promise of the feast which is still to come. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in this same Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.